Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. Everyone say above all. That we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. One more time. Let's read that verse together on the screen. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. From this verse today, I want to launch this new mindset that I want to title Revival Thinking. Revival Thinking. Let's lift our hands and our voice to the Lord and ask Him to minister today through His Word. Father, we love You. We thank You for Your presence that is in this house today. We thank You for Your people that have gathered here. We ask God now that as the word goes forth that it would illuminate our heart and mind and transform our thinking and give us the faith to respond to the word and agree with the word. We bind everything that would seek to hinder your will from being accomplished in this service in Jesus' name. We take authority and dominion in this service right now and we give you all the glory, praise, and adoration. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and give him praise one more time. Somebody shout amen. You can be seated. As long as you mix your faith with the word. You're going to mix your faith with the word today. All right. Jesus returned to his hometown, Nazareth, after being away for a while. He taught in the same synagogue, no doubt, that he attended while growing up. What he grew up in, he was now teaching in. And he begins to teach as one with authority. And the people are astonished. They begin asking questions such as, where did this man get this wisdom and miraculous power? Is not this the carpenter's son? They were offended at Jesus, the Bible says. The Bible says Jesus offended these people. He tripped them up because they could not move past what they saw. Because their mind could not conceive what they heard. They saw Jesus, the lad, growing up in Nazareth. But what they heard were words of authority and anointing. And they've heard that this little boy who was that poor carpenter's son is doing miracles and so they could not move past what they saw with their eyes because their ears could not conceive what they heard Matthew 13 58 reveals to us the fate of Christ's neighbors his next door neighbor the person he grew up with across the street, down the road, on the other side of town. The fate of them is this. He did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. What a tragedy. To have been around Jesus the longest, but he did the least in their life. 
They had been around Jesus for decades. They were familiar with his family and watched him grow up. And they had seen him before. Heard him before. Jesus was not somebody new to them. The problem is, is he had become so familiar to them that when he started talking about things they had never heard before, they just wrote him off as being crazy and delusional. Yet standing before them this day was the Christ, the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham, the fulfillment of the law of Moses. This Jesus of Nazareth was not just the carpenter's son, but he was the Christ, the son of the living God. Yet they could not wrap their mind around this. Yet today I wonder if some of us are not far removed from this situation. And my question today is, you may be familiar with Jesus today, but when he starts talking about something new, do you have the faith to go the distance? When he starts doing something new, do you have faith to agree? Yeah, I've been around a while and I've, I've seen some stuff and I've grown up in the church and I've been around and, I, and I've seen some stuff, but I still have enough faith to believe for some more miracles. I've got enough faith to believe for some more revival. I remember the revival in the days gone by, but there's still enough faith in me to believe for revival in this day. He's not so familiar to me that I don't think he can do anything new anymore. I've got enough faith to believe that my greatest days are not behind me, but they are actually in front of me. They're in front of me. Look at somebody and say, you're not finished. Tell them you're just getting started. You're not allowed to retire. It's just getting good. The problem is, is familiarity with Jesus should not be a faith killer. It should be a faith builder. The longer you walk with him, the more faith you should have. The more familiar you get with him, the more you should believe he can do anything. Familiarity with Jesus cannot be a faith killer. Familiarity with the church and a long tenure in the church cannot be a faith killer. But it better be a faith killer builder I've been in this a long time and I've seen a lot of stuff and I know that my God can do anything what I've seen him do before I believe he can do it again but I also believe that what I've seen before God can do greater now not less greater not least, but the most. God can do it. Look at somebody and say, God can do it. Because scripture says that the latter house shall be greater than the former house. That means whatever you've seen in the past, greater is coming. Whatever you read about the church doing in this book, I'm here today to tell you greater is coming. Because the latter house shall be greater than the former house.
Do you believe that today? Greater is coming. Greater is coming to your family. Greater is coming to your church. Greater is coming to this city. If you don't let Jesus get so familiar to you that your faith is gone. I've grown up with Jesus and my faith in him is just as strong as it is today as it was the day I went down in the waters of baptism. And in fact, my faith is stronger today than it's ever been. If you can say that, rest assured, greater is on the way. Because Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do. Why? Because he was about to pour his spirit out on all flesh. Holy Ghost filled people of God should not settle for less than what they read in scripture. They should aspire for greater. So if your church doesn't match up with the church in the book of Acts, there's work to do. And if your life doesn't match up with the lives you read about in the book of Acts, there's work to do. Because if we can't even reach the level of the book of Acts, how can we ever aspire for greater? But there is a promise through the word of God, the spirit of God, and everything he's promised us is that before he returns, there is a great end time revival that will sweep through this state and this nation and this world. But it's going to flow through people of faith that say, I'm not limiting my God, but I'm going to let him flow through me completely greater is coming and our text tells us this very truth the text we read now unto him that is able look at somebody and say Jesus is able Jesus is able the problem is not in his ability Jesus is able to do things that you can't even wrap your mind around. That's why you don't believe him for it. But Jesus is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. Scripture proves that. There's testimonies in this church that prove that. People the world would have given up on. People the system would have thrown away are here today not because of a program but because of Jesus Jesus can take any life and turn it around Jesus can take any marriage and restore it Je Jesus can break any chain of addiction Jesus can transform any life heart and mind why because he's able somebody say he's able there's no evidence in scripture or in the world that can disprove that Jesus is able to do anything. Therefore, there should be no doubt in our mind that Jesus can do anything. And I'm not talking about lip service. He can do anything, but you don't believe it with your heart. Don't confess something with your mouth that you don't believe with your heart. If you don't believe that he can, don't confess it. But if you believe in your heart that he can, you better proclaim it from the mountaintops. Jesus can do anything. That broken heart that someone uh, caused in your life, Jesus can mend it. 
the answers you're looking for in relationships, drugs, and alcohol, and the pleasures of this world, it's not going to be satisfied till you give it to Jesus. Because Jesus is able to restore anything and everything if you just bring it before the feet of Jesus. Do you believe that today? He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't given up on your children. He hasn't given up on your family. He hasn't given up on your neighbor. Jesus is long-suffering, and he's willing that none should perish, and he's able to change any life. Somebody say amen. Last week, a friend of mine, pastors in Apopka, Florida, had a conversation with a man who was a prodigal, grew up in the church, baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, walked away from God. He's talking to my friend and he's telling him that he has stage four cancer with six months to live. One week ago. My friend tells him, you need to come to church Sunday. We're going to pray for you. He comes to church into service, they're gathered around the front. Gathers is the bishop of the church. He said, we need to pray for this man. He has stage four cancer, and he's got six months to live. They pray a simple prayer. Nothing lofty, haughty, religious, traditional. They just simply lay their hands on him. And pray for healing in the name of Jesus. They feel nothing. They're done. He goes the next day for a scan. And the doctors report 24 hours later is that the cancer is gone and there is no trace. There's no record of stage four cancer in his body. Stage four cancer said you have six months to live, but in a moment, in the name of Jesus, every cancerous cell was eradicated from his body in an instant. Why? Because Jesus is able. This didn't happen 10 years ago, 100 years ago, or last year. This happened one week ago in 2023. Jesus is still able to do what the doctors cannot do. Jesus is able to reverse the curse of death because all power is in his name. Give him praise. If he can do that in Florida, what can he do in California? That diabetes can leave your body now in the name of Jesus. That arthritis can leave your body now in the name of Jesus. That heart condition can leave your body now in the name of Jesus. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Give him praise in the house. We got our own testimonies in this church. People bound in generational curses, caught up in terrible lifestyles. It is the effects of sin. 
It is the wages of death. It is the effects that the world and bondage in the enemy has on the lives of people. The devil is not your friend. And Satan is not does not have your best interest in mind. And the pleasures of sin are but for a season. But when that season ends, it demands a payday. And there are people on the pew today that had to pay the payment of their sin until they met Jesus. And all of a sudden they believe that there is a man whose name is greater and his blood is more powerful. And when they went down in the water and they came back up, they said, I've never felt anything like this before. What is that? It's called forgiveness of sins. Just like the record of cancer was erased in the name of Jesus, the record of your sin is erased in the name of Jesus when you go down in the waters of baptism. Now they are on the pew. Their life is being restored. Their family is being restored. And God is going to use them in this end time revival. Why? Because Jesus is able. I said he's able. Give him praise. I don't care how strong that drug addiction on your children is. The name of Jesus is stronger. I don't care how long they've been away from God. The blood of Jesus is greater. The door is still open. The call is still going forth. And you are about to see a prodigal revival like you've never seen before. If you believe that, praising. We've got proof of a prodigal revival. She's sitting on the front pew right now. Two years ago, she walked through these doors. Now she is an intercessor, a mighty woman of God. The anointing God put on her years ago is bearing fruit today. She is the first fruits of this prodigal revival that is going to fill this house. Your children are coming home. Your spouse is coming back in the name of Jesus because he's able. He's able to do exceeding and abundantly. Give him praise. He's able. He's able. Somebody shout, he's able. So as we have proven through scripture, testimonies on the other side of this nation and testimonies sitting on the pew today we have concluded that the problem is not with Jesus and the problem is not with church programs and the problem is not with our service schedules the problem is with our thinking he's able to do above what we can ask or think that's what the Bible says he's able to do beyond what we think but if we box him in with our small mindedness if we box him in with our inability to embrace change and flow with the spirit they that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God if you can't flow with the spirit you're confessing I'm not his child if we box him in with our small-minded opinion about how the church should be, 
We will never see what he's able to do because we limited him by what we think he can do. And the Bible says he can do way more than what you ever could think. So 2023, don't limit God with your thinking. Don't get in the way of what God wants to do with our stinking thinking. And just let God be God in our midst. Because regardless of what we think he can do, he's always going to exceed it. He's always able to go beyond. He's always able to be greater. So just take the limits off and let your faith soar in God and in his ability. I don't see how it's going to work out, but that doesn't mean I don't believe it's all going to work out. My opinion doesn't get in the way of his ability. I know what my mind thinks, and I know how my flesh feels, but I confess with my mouth because I believe in my heart that Jesus is able to do it. He's able. Which is why the first revival we need in 2023 is in our thinking. If we can have revival in our thinking, we're going to see revival like we've never seen before. And it's so simple. Before we can have revival thinking, we need revival in our thinking. You can't have revival thinking if you have not had revival in your thinking. Did you get that? You can't have revival thinking if you won't let God transform your thinking. You cannot have a revival mindset if you will not let Jesus renew and transform your mindset. But the moment you let him in and the moment you let him work, there's going to be a shift and you're going to begin to believe God for things you never imagined. And you're going to begin to speak things that you never have ever spoken because you now have revival thinking. Ephesians 4.23 tells us, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 12 says we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. If you're going to be transformed, it's because it took place in your mind. And when does change start? Where does change start? Where does revival begin? It doesn't begin in a church service. It doesn't begin with a meeting or someone getting baptized or filled. That's not when revival begins. That's just the fruit of it. Revival begins when we have revival in our thinking. Because when there's a church with a made-up mind that says, we're a revival church, there's nothing that God is not going to be able to do through this church we have revival thinking when you have revival thinking you're going to begin to see things you've never seen before because your mindset has been transformed and God is going to do the work 
Because Jesus is able to blow our minds. He took fish and bread and fed thousands because he kept multiplying it. A woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment. And what the doctors could not do for 12 years was done in an instant. So Jesus can do things we cannot do on our own. And Jesus is able to blow our minds. But if we actually believe that he can do that, we first have to be renewed in our minds. And we have to go from, oh, I hope he can, to I think he can. Not I think he can, I think he can. Somebody says, oh, your family's never going to be saved. Oh, I think they will be. Your church is never going to be filled. Oh, I think it will be. God's never going to break the stronghold in the Bay Area. Oh, I think he can, and I think he will, and I think he's going to on our Bay Area revival night. I think he can. And all the naysayers will see if he does. To that I say, I know he will. I'm not waiting to see what I already know. I know he will. Well, I I, I don't know if we're going to see that miracle. I know we're going to see it. We haven't seen it yet. It doesn't matter whether it happens today or next year or next year. I know he will. Because I've been renewed in the spirit of my mind. I'm not looking at this through the lens of the flesh. This isn't Jesus that I watched grow up. This is Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. Somebody say amen. And what you need to do is let that face manifest through your praise. Well, your praise is a reflection of your faith. I know he will. I think he will. I believe he will. Your prayers don't need to be passive and timid. They need to be fiery and fervent. I think he will. I know he will. I believe he will. Look at somebody and say, I know he will. No question mark there. I know he will. I know he will. You see, but it doesn't just, it doesn't need to just manifest in our services. Even though we've been putting the gas pedal to the floor and we're going to keep doing that. It doesn't need to be boxed up in here. But when you have revival thinking, it begins to manifest through your life. When you walk out those doors, your mindset doesn't change. Revival thinking goes home with you. And revival thinking goes to work and to school with you. Who you are, how you think, and how you live in here is the same way you live and think and act out there. That when you walk into your workplace, this is my mission field. Why? Because I have revival thinking. And I believe this year I'm going to win a coworker. This year I believe I'm going to win a classmate or a professor or a teacher. That's revival thinking. When you get off of the pew and you walk out those doors and the same fire that is in you in here goes with you out there and begins to change the world around you, revival thinking 
It lives in your neighborhood. Your house is on fire of the Holy Ghost. And you are not ashamed to reach your neighbor. And you're not afraid to invite that friend or that coworker or that neighbor into your home. And tell them what Jesus is able to do. Not what they think he can do. What he's able to do. And you tell them. He did this in my life and I didn't have any help or hope but Jesus. And there's somebody in our church that, man, if you knew their story and you tell them the testimonies. Revival thinking. Revival thinking. It transforms your life. Because if nothing is going on in here, nothing's going on out there. Nothing's going to go on out there. That's why I was so encouraged to hear the prayer today of the people of God before church started. Because something is beginning to go on in here. But if something powerful is starting to happen in here, that means something powerful is about to take place out there. It's going to happen. It's already begun because something is changing in here. And so by default, by nature, your mind is going to be renewed and you're going out there and you are viewing the world no longer. It's the Bay Area. If I could leave, I would. If that is your mindset, then I pray the Lord blesses you with 500 grand to move this year. But if your mindset is renewed to, this is the Bay Area, and with all of its reputation, I've been renewed in the spirit of my mind, and we're about to have revival in this Bay Area that is going to shake this state. When you get that kind of thinking, you're going to start winning people. You're going to start reaching people because the house is on fire. And when the house is on fire, people gather to see what's going on. You set a house on fire in one of these neighborhoods, everyone's coming out to see what's going on. Well, if that happens in the natural, what do you think is going to happen in the spiritual? Why is this building not filled yet? Because the fire is just now starting to burn. But it is about to increase into a flame where the whole city will see. And God is going to use you to reach people this year if you'll get renewed in your mind. If you'll have revival in your thinking and get some revival thinking, God is going to use you this year. Do you believe that today? Somebody shout amen. Let's stand right now in the house. We're going to pray in a minute. We're going to pray a prayer and ask the Lord to revive and renew our thinking and transform our thinking right now. How many were here Wednesday night? Had a wonderful time in prayer. God moved. God met us in a special way. And we launched some things. And we put some prayer requests in a jar that we believe God is going to answer. And we're going to see great things. And we prayed on Wednesday for personal revival, a prodigal revival, and a 100-soul revival. That's what we prayed for Wednesday night. 
And Thursday morning, I received a text from a minister who told me, I had a dream last night, and um, I don't typically dream. And this dream, I felt, was significant enough to share with you, so I, I want to share it with you. He said, I, 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 this, in this dream, I was visiting your church. And when I walked through the doors, the place was absolutely packed full of people. And he said, I'm believing for great revival in San Leandro. Do I, do I need to piece it together for you for a moment? Wednesday night, we prayed for a prodigal revival and a 100 soul revival. And hours later, the Lord spoke to a minister in a dream to confirm the prayers we prayed Wednesday night. It's already done. You just need to step into the promise and have revival in your thinking and have revival thinking because this place will be filled. If you believe that, you need to pray to God right now and say, transform my thinking this year. Right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I'm asking you to renew all of my mindset. Revive all of my faith, oh God. I give to you every corner and chasm of my mind and my heart that you, oh Lord, would go through me with your spirit and purge out all unbelief, all fear, and all doubt. God, I pray that you would revive my spirit, that I would no longer be familiar with you, but have no faith in you, but that there would be an awakening in my spirit to believe for things I've never believed before, to pray for things I've never prayed before, and to get active in the harvest field, because it is already confirmed this building will be filled, but I am a laborer willing to go into the harvest field and reach the lost in the name of Jesus.